Welcome to the Berto Coggins Podcast. This is episode four. Thank you for tuning in to the other episodes. I've been getting a lot of good feedback and I really, really appreciate it. I know I've mentioned that before, but I sincerely appreciate it. Today, I figured that I would talk about pursuing your passion and not just pursuing your passion, but also just pursuing goals that are outside of the norm because I know a lot of us either have experience doing it or we're trying to like muster up the courage to actually do it so i figured i would tell you my own story or my own experience pursuing my own passions and goals outside of the norm so let's jump into it so when i was younger i would say around like 12 13 years old something like that i wanted to be in an nba and although I am 5'6 and I've always been pretty short, I still had those goals of being in the NBA. I was pretty fast on the court. I wasn't like the best shooter or anything like that, but I was like a hustler on the court. So that's what I wanted to do around that age. And when I hit high school, that's when the dreams kind of like went away. And it's mostly because my high school, uh, legacy high school was just so small that they didn't offer us the proper amount of recreational like gym activity I think the first year we were able to play basketball and then the second year we went to play volleyball or something like that it was just very random and it wasn't consistent so that's where the issue came in about me like pursuing this goal and yeah, due to that fact, I stopped playing basketball and I also stopped watching basketball because I just wasn't playing. So I kind of got rid of that idea of being in the NBA. But as time went by, I realized that I wanted to be a rapper. And I actually wrote, I think from the age of 13 to like 16, very consistently and I thought that's what I wanted to do. I didn't even plan on going to college, but because an advisor in college told me and the other students that college graduates made like the most, well, maybe not the most money, but made significantly more money than high school graduates and like high school dropouts, it kind of persuaded me to pursue college. So I applied for college pretty late. I applied for Hunter College, City College, and I think Brooklyn College. And I really wanted to go to Hunter College because they had like a film program. And I was thinking about doing some film production during that time. But I eventually went to City College because they accepted me. And I think that Hunter College didn't accept me because... I applied really late, but thankfully City College accepted me and everything went smoothly. And City College did have a film program, but because you had to apply for the film program separately, it kind of made me not want to do it. I thought I would just like jump in it, but it didn't happen. Eventually I did end up uh, studying advertising and public relations. But before that, it was me taking like an economics class. And I did so well in the economics class that it made me think that I wanted to do economics until I took the macroeconomics class, which was 
much harder. I had to drop that class. It was too much math for me. And I think I went undeclared for a while. But yeah, the reason why I found my advertising slash public relations major, aka communications, is because I went through the booklet for the college majors. And I was looking for the major with the least math requirement. And communications <laughs> was the one which required like the most basic math and I didn't know what advertising public relations was I just applied for it and I sat down with the advisors and they told me you know it's a lot of writing and stuff like that and I love writing I haven't written in a while but back then I was writing a lot and I had no issues with writing and coming up with ideas and whatnot so it was easy for me to pursue that but as I mentioned before, the first job that I had was at Starbucks and it was like a few days after my daughter was born that I started. And I was at Starbucks, I think for like two and a half years and I was fine with it. I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do when I got out of college, but I was happy at Starbucks. It taught me a lot of things. It taught me how to multitask and just how to be like louder and <laughs> and work hard like and be fast on my feet and during my time there I would say within the first year that's when I considered doing like PR for Starbucks and that's the time where Starbucks wasn't really advertising that much they had like maybe I don't even know if they advertised at all during back like during those days but I figured since I was there already that I would do PR for Starbucks which I decided not to do after a while, after management changed and stuff like that, I got tired of being at Starbucks. So after I graduated college, I was looking for more work and I wasn't able to get an internship within the advertising slash public relations field. But I started working at Zara as a stock associate and I pursued that as just a job. Like I didn't think it would be anything other than me just doing stock. And while I was doing that, I was also doing a paid internship at a place called Watermatic, which sold water purification um, systems to different businesses. So it was interesting for me. But even while I was doing that, like I was doing like copywriting for them for social media. So it was in the same realm of things that I was interested in already. But I was balancing both of those things, Zara and Watermatic. And I would fluctuate as far as like what I wanted to do, like between those things, because it felt like it was a lot. And I was just like, oh, I'm on my feet all the time as Zara. But when I was at Watermatic, I realized how much or how unhealthy it was to be in a corporate like office environment. Like I would be sitting there trying to stay up and eating multiple like sugary donuts and other pastries and stuff like that and having huge iced coffees with so much sugar just so I can stay up and I realized that a corporate environment was not for me so eventually I quit Watermatic and eventually I also quit Zara when I was deciding to move to California and that was that and the president of Zara at the time, like he knew that I was quitting to move to California, but he realized that I worked really hard. And he was like, we have Zara's in California, too, if you want to work there. And I was just like, 
uh, he was like, or if you want to start fresh, I understand because I told him I was going to pursue the acting thing a little bit. And he was okay with that. But he was just like, if ever you need to like get a job again, we're here for you. So in California, I did a little bit of acting, nothing major. And I felt a little bit more confident in it because in my college, I took like a body movement class. It was a theater class. And I felt really comfortable improving certain things. But in the acting aspect, like I never really did that much. So I was just like, let me try it and see what's up with that. And while I was out there, I was still like writing on the side. So I was working on like a couple of screenplays and I always and I had like a really entrepreneurial type mindset. I was coming up with so many different business ideas, ideas for apps and stuff like that. In any workplace that I was when I was in California, I was just coming up with so many different ideas, which didn't come into fruition but I was really brainstorming and just trying to figure out what I would do outside of the system and while I was doing that I was also considering creating ads for films so I was trying to use my studies from college and apply it to like work but not at an agency so I was kind of trying to like pursue that which didn't work out but I tried and in my 20s in California, I would say that that's where I really started thinking more of becoming an entrepreneur and just owning my own business or doing freelance work, just not the norm. And with the acting thing, I hated the audition process, which is necessary, but I hated the feeling of someone else being in control of my life, that they're able to say yes or no to me, and that would change the outcome of my life or my career life so that's when I stopped pursuing the acting thing I just didn't want to wait for anybody else and I wanted to create my own life and that's something that I still preach to my friends and other people who are open to hearing it we just can't wait on other people and in that moment I knew I didn't want to wait for anybody else to create my own life but money definitely had to still be made. So <laughs> I did have regular jobs. I just knew that it wasn't going to be like the end all. So I started working at Zara again. I got hired as a stock associate again. But this time they were considering me for being a stock manager, which I talked to uh, management during that time because I needed more money. We were like, struggling at the time. And that went well. It was taking too long for me, so I wanted to transfer closer to home. So I became a sales associate at a different Zara. And then from there, I started getting like more promotions and stuff like that. So I became a shift supervisor. And when I became a shift supervisor, I started like trying to stop this process of getting promotions. I was just like, all right, I'm getting okay amount of money. So I actually wrote an email to corporate and I was like, thank you for all that you've done for me, all of the promotions, but like, I don't want to be considered for any more promotions, but they knew I worked really hard and I had great potential to bring more business in or just making things run more smoothly so they could make more money and for me to just progress in a company. So I had to tell them that, but... Eventually, I realized I needed more money, too. And it's 
funny how you can like totally fall into that hole of just getting promotions 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 because you realize that you need more and more money to take care of certain things so eventually i became an assistant manager at a different zara location and during this time i was reading a lot more just so i can gain more knowledge when i pursue my own passions i was watching gary v a lot will smith and like even like other people anything that i felt was valuable to me in my career and just like getting the courage to go off on my own i would watch on youtube and my friend eddie was also in california pursuing acting and he <laughs> i actually worked with him at starbucks too years ago um shout out to eddie i'm not sure if you're listening but shout out to you and we had some deep conversations and it made me realize the importance of having somebody to support you and not necessarily like support you, but like to have conversations with and you can play off each other's energy to like inspire each other to do more. And we had so many conversations at Starbucks and it really like kept us going, but it wasn't always like a up conversation i remember like sometimes me and eddie we would have conversations we were just really just trying to figure it out so we can like make something of ourselves and i remember when i was really like getting a better grasp of what i wanted to not what i wanted to do but the mind state or mind yeah the mind state that i needed in order to get things done and I remember one time Eddie told me, and he didn't do this maliciously, and he I don't think he even realized what happened during this time, but I remember we were talking about becoming an entrepreneur and stuff like that, and he mentioned that there was like a lot of paperwork that you had to do after uh, the year, like for taxes and stuff like that. And it sounded like more than what it was, and it kind of like made me think yeah maybe i should just like stick to the nine to five because then i won't have to do that much work when it came to like taxes and stuff like that but i had to get out of that mind state like it's easy to make excuses or find like reasons to not pursue this because you know staying at a, like a regular nine to five where you're working for somebody else it's pretty easy like it's not it's not easy like mentally but it's comfortable like even with the stresses of it i was comfortable in like being told what to do until it became unbearably uncomfortable so um when he did mention the paperwork stuff at first it did affect me where i was just like you know i, I guess i'll just stick to like doing a regular working route for somebody else but then it made me think more just like all right, I need to get out of this mind state and actually like not use other reasons to stop me from pursuing my own goals. And one of the most important pieces of information that I received was from Caesar Milan, the dog trainer or the dog whisperer. And I think I watched an interview from from him or with him. And he said that you had to get comfortable with uncertainty when pursuing like these like lofty goals. And that really made me think differently. And I've definitely had some prime examples of having to get comfortable with uncertainty, like on this pursuit to like certain goals and stuff like that, 
because people don't realize like it's a lot of trying things and not knowing if it's going to work out and just not having money very often and it's just it's just a lot you have to get comfortable with uncertainty and i remember when i was at zara as an assistant manager at a different location and i was really like i felt so uncomfortable working like i didn't want to be around the energy there anymore and i was just like you know what i gotta quit like i just gotta quit like there's something that's telling me to to go so i put in my two weeks <laughs> and i would say maybe like a week after is when my daughter's mom uh, took me to court uh from new york while i was in california for like child support so that was a prime example of just like getting comfortable with uncertainty, but I wasn't ready for it. Like that was just like too big of an issue. So although I did still quit from Zara, I tried to do some things like outside of it. But then I realized like, no, you need to get a job to make sure that you're paying this child support and everything else is going to come after that. So after that, I got hired at Athleta, which is like a fitness clothing store similar to Lululemon. And eventually I did quit. They overhired and I wasn't getting that many hours or anything like that. So it was a struggle for sure. And like, I think I was struggling just to pay child support too. So I needed a different job. And here's an important reason why you should never burn bridges. Or if you do burn bridges, Make sure that you are on your job because I got hired at Zara again. This time I got rehired at the Hollywood location of Zara as the men's department manager. So it was definitely a pay increase. And although I didn't really want to go back to Zara, I knew that I needed to be there in order to pay the bills because there were so many different places in California or like companies that were hiring but they were only hiring part-time which I couldn't do like I needed a full-time job so I can pay rent I can pay my child support pay my cell phone bill just pay bills in general so I went back to Zara and initially I was okay with being there but it wasn't like the greatest environment I had to fire a few people but when I was there, I was just like, OK, maybe this is what I should be doing for like a while. So I had to convince myself to stay like I was just like, you know, this is good for me. Maybe I could become corporate one day or something like that. And I know managers that were making six figures. So I was just like, you know, this might be good for me. And eventually I quit again. <laughs> and the reason why I quit was because I was not only not happy being there, it's just like the money couldn't hold me down, but also like I wasn't really getting along with corporate like that towards the end. And I was just like, I'm done. Like I need to live my life. You only get one life and it's not going to end up here. So I think that after I quit is when I pursued my personal training certification and I pursued it because I did not want to be at the mercy of any other person 
or a company again. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to get this certification and I'm just going to start my own business. So while I was in a process of getting the certification, I also started working at another place called Runnergy, which is like a running specialty store in California. I don't think it exists anymore, but it was okay. It was definitely a change in pace. It was a lot slower and it was only me and the owner and then another person um, that were working there. So it was not very many people. And it was okay, but the owner was very much micromanaging, very hands-on and annoying. I remember one time that I answered a call from a customer and by then I was there for a little while already not that long but like long enough to talk to a customer and when I answered the phone uh, the customer was asking me something and I was about to answer and then the owner of the shop he started talking so he answered the phone too or after I answered it and he was listening in on what the person was saying to me and he just chimed in and I was just like you know I, I wanted to smack him so bad to be honest like I've never had somebody make me feel so uncomfortable at work like that even with the negativity that I've experienced at different jobs but the fact that you're like listening in on the conversation and you just chime in and not let me respond to the person like appropriately, it really made me not want to be there anymore. So of course, I eventually quit. I was tired of it. And I had some issues at home too. So I decided to move back to New York City. And I knew that I wanted to pursue making YouTube videos. So I wanted to do it in New York because People love New York and I knew that it would get more attention there. But also like going out in California and trying to shoot a video, you needed like a car to get to certain spots and it's just not as active. So I was just like, I need to be back in the city for this. So eventually I moved back home to New York City and I started working at Blossom Du Jour, which was a vegan restaurant. And when I got hired there, I got hired with the intention of becoming like an assistant manager eventually i did become a manager of a location but while i was assistant managing i was also training like clients outside of that or i had one client at the time and by then i knew i didn't want to work for anybody else so with me getting jobs i knew i had to have something else on the side and be working towards something so that's why i was like still training and I think during this time, I was doing like four times a week with my client. So I was getting up, I forget at what time, maybe like 4.30 a.m. or something like that, or like 5. So I can go to the gym so I can get my own workout in, come home, take a little nap, then go to my client uptown so I can train her, and then come back downtown to work at Blossom Du Jour for a full shift. So... I was really busy, but I was fine. And I think I was at Blossom Du Jour for like a year and a half or two. I don't know. I can't quite remember. But I've also done things like outside of working um, in the store with them, like after I quit. So I did like social media stuff for them. But it was all good. So when me and my girlfriend decided to move in together, 
we had a few things working against us and the most notable thing was our income like on paper it did not look like we were making that much money and it was very sporadic because we were doing like freelance stuff already that's when i started like working with different brands on like social media stuff but i wanted to ensure that we got this place and they did pull some strings for us but to give them more confidence in like giving us a place I actually applied to work at Equinox as a trainer. And right before I started working at Equinox, I wasn't like training any clients or anything like that. So I was just like, you know what, let me just do the Equinox thing and like see what happens. And although I did work hard, like I really did work hard, I did not feel comfortable there. Like, I realized at that moment, I really do not want to work for anybody else. There were times where I would be, like, sent, like, emails to pursue, like, certain potential clients for training. And it, it just felt like too much trying to balance that and then my own social media stuff on the side and, you know, shooting videos and stuff like that. So... Eventually, the training manager had a talk with me and he told me, he was just like, like, Berto, like, you're doing great, but please just prioritize Equinox for some time just so we can, you know, get you going. Because I wasn't really getting clients like that. And it was mostly because my heart wasn't in it. Like, I was paying myself more training before than Equinox was training paying me and I do appreciate what I got from Equinox but it was still hard for me to grasp working for somebody else again and when he told me to prioritize Equinox I was just like uh, okay I'll try and I wanted to try but <laughs> I couldn't I, I just couldn't do it and I remember one time that I decided to bring my laptop to work because I was getting back into like creating YouTube videos again. And I was editing in between like, uh, I think training a client and a floor shift. And I felt so happy. I was just like, yo, like I feel great editing this video and it changed my entire mood. And that made me realize like, I can't long-term work for anyone else and I need to really be doing what I love and I never really explain my tattoos because I don't want people copying me but I'm gonna explain this one which is the free bird tattoo on my fingers I got this tattoo because I wanted to remove the possibility of me working for someone else again and I was just like, you know, I always looked at people who had like hand tattoos or neck tattoos like, oh, you're never going to get a job. And even when I was at Starbucks, like when I first started getting tattooed, I would not get tattoos on my arms because I was afraid that I would close the opportunities to get certain jobs. And me getting the free bird tattoo on my fingers was me saying F you to the system. And recently I've heard of other people doing the same thing, like specifically with tattoos so they can remove the possibility of working for somebody else. There's an entrepreneur named Derek Grace and he tattooed his face so he wouldn't get a job. And then 
the rapper Tory Lanez, I think he did the same thing when he tattooed his neck. So it's like a form of burning bridges without really burning bridges. You're just removing the possibility of even getting hired in the first place. So fast forwarding to today, I do content creation full time and then like training as well. So YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, like all of this stuff I do as part of my career. And I'm making way less money than if I was to stay at Zara, but I'm much happier knowing that like I'm more in control and I don't necessarily have to like answer to someone like the things that I do now I can like turn down and I can collaborate with people on things. And if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. And pursuing entrepreneurial type freelance work, like one of the most important things that I learned is that you have to know your worth and you have to operate from a place that is not desperate at all. Because if you're operating from a place of desperation, that's when you start making decisions that hurt your brand or just are not in the best interest of yourself. Like you lowball yourself when working with different brands and stuff like that just because you're desperate. And some would say that this desperation feeling like you're privileged for being able to say that. But like there's been times where I have had like no money and I still had to tell myself like don't don't agree to this because you're going to resent agreeing to this thing, even though it's like paying you a good amount of money. It's not what you're worth. You're worth way more than that. And being a content creator is not always glamorous. Like it's a lot of hard work, but I just love being in control of my own destiny. And honestly, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in the future. I'm always just trying to figure things out even at almost 32 years old i know that i shared a lot as far as my like work history and stuff like that maybe it's boring to you but if there's one thing that you take away from this is just knowing that no matter where you go in life if you don't pursue the passion the thing that's in your heart or goals that are outside of the things that you're doing if they're not making you happy it's gonna haunt you for the rest of your life there's a guy that stopped me recently when I was taking pictures. He just asked me if I could take a picture of him. And he was telling me that he's a rapper and he should have been on like eight years ago and stuff like that. And he was just saying, you know, it's not too late, whatever. And I was just like, yeah, it's not. And if you don't pursue it, like, you know, you should be pursuing it. It's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. And you should have seen how it opened up his eyes. And I tell this to all of my friends who are like on the fence about trying things. You only get one life. Try it. Go for it. Like, I know it's tough and you might fail a few times on the pursuit of like staying consistent with it, but you'll get back. Your heart will always tell you that you should be doing something or you shouldn't be doing something. And just to go back to the Zara thing, there were times where I would have to pray before working in order to get myself into the right mind state to convince myself that it would be okay and I would just be all right just getting through the day. The praying was just me trying to convince myself to stay somewhere where I knew I shouldn't have been. And it was a long journey, but I'm happy where I am today and I'm excited for where I'm going to be in the future. 
Anyway, I appreciate you for listening. I hope you were able to get some valuable information from this episode. And I will catch you on the next episode of the Berto Calkins podcast.